This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Always excited to be with you guys on Facebook Live, on KSLR AM 630, and on the podcast as well. Today is no different. We love to talk to difference makers, and uh, we've got an incredible story to share with you. The new book is Praying for Emily, The Faith, Science, and Miracles That Saved Our Daughter by Tom and Carrie Whitehead, talking about their daughter Emily, and Tom and Carrie are joining us from Pennsylvania. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Thank you. Yeah, we're doing really well. Great well, to be here. Man, I am really, really appreciate that you would take the time. Um, could you just even start with the background on when um, – I guess the good news is we can almost jump ahead and say Emily is doing great, um, and I want to hear about that. But give us the background of the journey that you guys have been through, and uh, obviously you've uh, got it documented and shared for us and praying for Emily, the new book. So where do you start? Can you start back at the uh, the beginning? Sure. Um, so back in 2010, when Emily was five years old, we found out that she had leukemia, which is a complete shock to us because she was always a very healthy little girl. Mm. And we, we found out that it is the most common type of cancer in children, but also the most curable. Mm. They told us that Emily would have a 95% chance of being cured. So although we were uh, devastated about hearing the diagnosis, we felt very positive that, you know, 95% of kids are cured. Right. And so they told us that she would have to go through 26 months of chemotherapy. Wow. So we started chemotherapy and 18 months into that 26 months, we found out that she relapsed. Um, Again, I think that was even more devastating than the original diagnosis because, you know, Mm. we thought she was going to be in that 95%. And so then they told us that she only had a 30% chance of being cured. Yeah, and she would have to go through a bone marrow transplant, which we knew um, is is really difficult for kids and adults whenever anybody has to go through that. Um, So we were preparing for that, but before she could get a bone marrow transplant, she relapsed again. Wow. Um, And... Uh, just to make the story a little bit shorter, it got to the point where doctors said there isn't anything we can do. Um, her cancer was resistant to any chemotherapy that they threw at it. And we had uh, gone for a second opinion in Philadelphia mm-hmm. um, a couple of months before she relapsed for the second time. And they told us about this experimental treatment called T-cell therapy um, that had never before been tried on a child. It wow. had only been tried on three adults. So I want to make sure I heard that right. I mean, had never been tried on a a child and had only been tried. Did I repeat that again? I'm sure I didn't hear you right. How many adults? Only three older adults. Oh, my gosh. With a different different type of cancer. Whoa. Okay. Okay. That was definitely one of the questions I asked. Like, surely uh, there's been a child treated with this somewhere in the world. And uh, they said no. Wow. Wow. So we were hopeful because we knew that the standard treatments weren't going to work, and yeah. our local hospital was ready to send us home on hospice. So mm. it was try this, try this treatment, or go home on hospice and wait for the wait for her to pass. Wow, man, I cannot imagine we, as parents at that point. I mean, 
you've been through it all during that, you know, that entire period of time. And then to have a doctor say, I mean, here's a second opinion. And, but your other opinion is, well, we're just going to send, send her home for hospice care. I, I cannot imagine the emotions. Can, did you guys have the same emotions? Were you on a, a little different page? What were the thoughts going through your mind, Tom? And then I'd like to hear from Carrie. Well, it was pretty tough, but I told Emily from the beginning that we were going to, you know, be thankful for what we have and smile once every day. So we would do anything just to try to get that smile. Wow. And I felt strongly inside um, that she was going to get better no matter what. And wow. We really got to a point where the doctors thought I was, you know, the most naive parent in the world, you know, and they were telling me Emily's not going to be here. Now, we even got to a point after she received her T cells back in her where they said, unfortunately, Emily's not going to be alive in the morning. Whoa. And I said, well, she's still going to be here, so please keep trying to help her. And the doctor pulled me out in the hallway, and he said, there's less than a one in a thousand chance your daughter's alive when the sun comes up. Whoa. So I said, well, um, I will see you at rounds tomorrow because she'll still be here. Oh, my gosh. So, you're kidding me. What? This is incredible. Three days later, he said, uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell us, Mr. Whitehead? Because <laughs> he woke up. Uh, she, she was in a coma for 14 days, and she woke up on her seventh birthday and came back to us. Oh, my god! 23 days after they treated her with that experimental trial, she was cancer-free. What? Oh, my so gosh. I had, I had been praying uh, for help yeah. uh, when they were telling us Emily was out of options. And two nights in a row, I could see her getting better uh, at the other hospital. And we were teaching her to walk again. And I talked to Carrie about that. And that's what kept me going. And then uh, it actually happened a month later. Wow. How, before we get to Kara, I'm trying to understand. I mean, man, that just is heroic. It seems to me that you just stood so strong in the face of, you know, the expert saying, no, you know, it's not going to happen. Where did that, besides seeing her walk, where did that, that hope, where did it come from, Tom? Well, there was two nights in a row when I was uh, staying at the Ronald McDonald house. And before I went to bed, Things were really bad at the hospital, and I was praying. And in the middle of the night, I could see it happening. And uh, after the second night, I said to Carrie that I've heard in the past where people say they got a sign, and I did. And I know this is going to happen. I said, there's three things that are going to happen. Whoa. And I told her the three things, and that's, you know, I don't want to spoil the book, but I talk about it in the book. But uh, those three things did happen then three to four weeks after I discussed it with Carrie. And that's what kept me going when the doctor said, your daughter's not going to be here tomorrow. And I said, I know you're a really great doctor, <laughs> but I happen to know that she is going to be here tomorrow. So, okay. um, you, but it was brutal. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know, there was times when I thought, you know, there, there, my family was out in the hallway arguing, saying, who's going to tell Tom this isn't going to end well? Um, so every, just, it I, wasn't just I, the doctors I, then. I mean, it was your own family thinking, man, he's, he's living somewhere else. We got to help him deal with this reality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How did you deal with so, your family? How did you deal with your family when they were, uh, trying to figure out who's going to say, Hey, Tom, man, we love that you believe that, but we want to prepare you for the worst. Did that conversation ever come up or were you just like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I just asked him, you know, my my brother Jim, who I'm closest with, came in once and said, you know, that's not Emily there anymore. And I said, oh, yes, it is. Oh. And 
tell everybody out there that she's gonna she's gonna make it, you know. So this is like uh, they were just yeah worried Go. about what was gonna happen to me, and I right. just couldn't imagine a day without her, and uh, so. I couldn't see, you know, not having a good outcome. So I, I took that sign and went with it, and, and now it's completely changed the world, and it's yeah. one of the biggest breakthroughs ever in cancer. It's the first time in history that um, uh, they have FDA approval for a cancer treatment in children before adults, and now it's working for adults as well. Wow, and that's, that is She's amazing. the first child on Earth with her immune system trained to beat her cancer. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Man, you guys are champions in this. And uh, the book, if you're just tuning in, is Praying for Emily, The Faith, Science, and Miracles That Saved Our Daughter. And uh, all right, Tom, please don't hate me, but I know we're not going to give away three of those signs because they're in the book. But could you give us like one of the signs or tell us a little bit about what, you know, how God whispered or spoke to you, what was that like? Just a, a little bit. Come on. Can you do that for me? <laughs> well, we had been we had been to the hospital the very first time, and I took a walk around the bone marrow transplant hallway um, because they said, that's Emily's next step, and if you decide to stay where you're at, that's fine, but if you come here, here's our hallway. And I could absolutely see a vision of that hallway, and <sighs> I was teaching Emily to walk again in that hallway. And I told, that was part of what I told Carrie. And then it actually happened after the coma and and the 14 days in intensive care unit. We were transferred back down to that hallway. That is beautiful. When you say vision, um, I feel like there's two ways. One of them is kind of mentally envisioning it. And one of them is just, and maybe there's three, three, but maybe the other one would be God giving you a picture, a vision. Which one, as you look back, do you describe it as, or is there a better description, Tom? I think there would probably be a combination. There was many things that I just envisioned and then thought mm. this has to happen. And, and I tried my best to make it happen, but that uh that absolutely i could see mm. it happening just as it did wow i, I mean mm-hmm. i could see the pictures in the hallway the the faces i knew where we were and and i even told Carrie that emily's going to beat her cancer and be you know a lot thinner than she is now and i didn't know how yeah and then it absolutely happened just like that so i felt that that was a that was a sign that came to me i call it a whisper um, yeah. And I tell Carrie and Emily when I get these whispers, um, but it's almost like I, I get a, a view of what's going to happen in the future, and then it does. Yeah, that's a man. That's a beautiful gift. Uh, I like that you called a whisper, but man, that is uh, that's a whisper going to be heard around the world. That is beautiful. Golly, that's great. Well, Carrie, um, so just backing up to you. As you see, and maybe you know Tom, is he's a fairly positive person. He's, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. What were you experiencing during uh, during the, those days? Yeah, my experience um, was different. I struggled a lot more, and um, Tom and I always kind of uh, make fun that he he's Mister Positive, <laughs> always thinks positively, and I call myself a realist. A realist, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of what happened when they told us Emily wasn't going to make it. Uh, because I work in research and I manage research data, I was, I was, you know, very, I was concentrating on those numbers. So it went right. from 95 and it went to 30 percent, 
And then at one point, you know, it was basically 0%. They said she wasn't going to make it. Yeah. And I was reading the research and, you know, I saw that kids who had multiple relapses, uh, you know, it was a very dismal outcome. And so when I saw that, um, it was very hard for me to be hopeful at that point. You know, I, I of course, prayed for her to get better. Um, right. I mostly prayed uh, for the, you know, for the doctors to have wisdom um, mm. and to be able to come up with something that would help treat her. But I just really, you know, I just had a hard time um, yeah. wondering how she could possibly come out of this. And when Tom told me about his vision, um, you know, I, I honestly, I thought he was yeah. a little bit going a little bit crazy at that time. Sure. And yeah. uh, I, I thought maybe he was just making it up to make me feel better and to give me hope. And so when he told me some of these things, you know, I just, I just kind of said, Tom, this, you know, those things aren't going to ever happen. And so then they did. And, um, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So of course now I tell Tom, uh, I had to say, you know, you, well, you were right. <laughs> it's the best um, I told you so, so ever though. <laughs> yes. Um, the, the Carrie used her science background to find the treatment, you know, so that's oh, why okay. she was in charge of, she was char- in charge of the science and, uh, I was in charge of hope. Yeah, so that's how we we put together our faith in science and uh, created a miracle. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so Carrie, talk to us a little bit about that research and when the doctor says, uh, "Man, there's something experimental we can do, but it's never been done on a child before." What were you thinking at that point? Did you dive into some research, or what did you do next? I did. So they told us that the treatment was called CAR T cell therapy, and that they would take uh, a type of her white blood cell and they would take it into the lab and uh, genetically modify it so that it was able to see and attack cancer. Yeah. Um, so when they put those modified cells back in her body, they would fight her cancer. Um, so it's called immunotherapy and I was a little bit familiar with that, but I researched it and, um, that's, and that gave me hope because I thought standard treatments aren't working for her and it makes sense that to use your own body to fight cancer. It's um, mm. much less toxic. Yeah. And so I was very excited about it. But when I heard that it, this particular treatment had only been tried on three older gentlemen um, with mm. a different cancer, you know, I was, I was really worried. But something told me that this was the right therapy for her. And so um, I was very excited. I was familiar with clinical trials. Um, so I understood that it might not work for her. You know, I kept asking the doctor questions, you know, do, it, do you think it's going to work? And he would say, I don't know. And, um, you know, he just said, we, we have no idea what's going to happen. But mm. I just, that, that part of it gave me hope. And that's what got me through um, that part of it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Man, what an amazing story. The book is Praying for Emily, The Faith, Science, and Miracles That Saved Our Daughter. We talked briefly off air about how she's doing now, and I want to talk more about uh, what you guys are doing to spread the news of this uh, CAR T-cell therapy that I'm just hearing about um, so that you've impacted other people around the world. But can you just tell us how Emily is doing today and uh, just kind of catch us up there? Yeah, Emily is doing fantastic. She's now eight years cancer-free. She's yeah. a sophomore in high school. Um, she's five foot ten, so she's very tall. Um, yeah. You know, she's she's very healthy. If you didn't know her story, you would have no idea what she went through. Right. Um, she's very she's very artistic. She wants to become an artist and a filmmaker. She's very interested in filmmaking. 
Um, and wow. so we're very proud of her because now that she's a teenager, you know, when she was little, she didn't quite understand the impact that her treatment had on people. Right. Um, but now that she's older, she, you know, she does understand. And so she's become very interested in telling her story and um, spreading awareness about the treatment so that uh, not, not only um, parents, but also other adults who are fighting cancer know about the treatment. Right. Well, tell us um, that. So that's amazing. So she could be a filmmaker and someday she could tell her own story. It sounds like right. that, that's really cool. Definitely. Uh, well, tell us about, you know, I feel like I feel like some parents after having gone through that, something so intense and incredible at the, you know, at the same time, I feel like some of them might just be so battle weary and yes, celebrating, but just kind of be like, man, all right, well, praise God. And thank you, doctors and science that this worked. Now we're just going to get back to some normalcy. But it seems like you guys have uh, thankfully gone the other direction to say, how can we share this with other people? Where did that come from for you, both both of you? Well, when Emily got home on June 1st of 12, yeah. we had a quiet six months where she just was healing up and the doctors were going for peer review before they were allowed to tell the world what happened. Oh. And then uh, early December of 2012, we did an interview with the New York Times and then they put Emily's picture on the cover of the New York Times and said that this amazing new treatment, there's actually HIV used in the lab to help train her cells. And that caught fire in the media. And the next day we had requests for uh, media interviews from all over the world. Wow. And along with all of that international media, and I mean, we had uh, Scott Pelley's news crew in our basement that week and Diane Sawyer's news crew in our basement. Um, but with all of that media attention yeah. came requests from parents from mm. all over the world saying, we're being sent home on hospice. Wow. I mean, how can we get that treatment? And that's really what inspired us in the beginning is we, we saw so many other parents lose their children at the hospital while we were there mm. that were fighting just as hard as us, yeah. that we could make a difference now and, and help, you know, get Emily's treatment approved and, and help many other families uh get that. And and I was actually told by the FDA commissioner after the FDA approval came in a record time of five years yeah. that the advocacy work our family did actually helped him get public support so they could the FDA could get it approved. That's incredible. And now, uh, now it's treating patients all over the world. That is incredible. Wow. Okay. So you guys really, I mean, as advocates, I mean, you went to bat, you fought for this so that you could help other families could be helped by this. That's incredible. Yeah, we started the Emily Whitehead Foundation um, to do to help fund the research as well, and uh, we've been very successful with that too. Yeah, tell us about um, you know how many kids around the world, when you look at some of that impact so far, what does that look like? Well, um, so far they're, they're coming up on 1,000 children treated, in 32 countries, mm. and we've been fortunate enough to travel around and help get it passed in some of the other countries by doing media awareness. Uh, Emily was able to, about two years ago to meet. We went to Oslo, Norway, and she got to meet the first boy treated in Norway. Wow! And uh, we've been to Switzerland a couple times. Uh, she got to go to Paris, France, um, and we just keep uh, traveling and doing media to a little more pressure on some of these other um, healthcare systems to cover it for their patients because it can be expensive like a bone marrow transplant. So you really need 
you know, insurance to cover it. And then that makes it, uh, you know, more available globally. So yeah. uh, we've been very fortunate to travel and, and to have an impact on that. And we still get calls, you know, from, from parents all over the world. Just this, this past week, I have a call from a uh, orthopedic surgeon in India and he's helping COVID-19 patients right now, but his son needs endless treatment, so they're trying to come to the United States to get treated. Wow. So I take all of those calls and try to do whatever I can because we have so many people help us. Yeah. How hard is it for uh, for kids to get this treatment, or is it just a lack of awareness? What do, what do we have going on right now? Well, I think more recently now it's becoming well-known. Um, okay. In the beginning, some of the oncologists were skeptical to send their patients there, just worried about, you know, giving false hope. Um, but we've turned that around, I think, now, and uh, but it's, it's become much more available uh, globally. And um, Novartis Pharmaceutical got involved uh, and partnered with Emily's doctors because they had the infrastructure to get it uh, globally. So we've, we've worked with them as well. But there's many other companies now in it, all the major Cancer centers all over the world are trying to do immunotherapy research now because it's where the most breakthroughs are happening, and it all started with Emily. All started with Emily. And it's available in more than more than eighty hospitals around the United States now. Yeah, I think it's 90, 92 hospitals. Just they told me recently in the United States now get it because originally they all had to come to Philadelphia, and we just knew that wasn't possible for all right. families. Yeah. So we helped raise some money through Stand Up to Cancer and um, uh, other foundations that worked with us and and got it available so people can, you know, travel a reasonable distance and get the treatment. Golly, that's fantastic. But but the results are unprecedented with uh, success. Yeah. What kind of success are we really talking about? I mean, what are the, I mean, it obviously worked incredible for Emily. Um, Is it working like that for most kids, some kids? What does it look like? Well, you know, these are all children that are going to die from their disease fairly quickly. Okay. And it gets them into remission 88% of the time. And wow. then 60% of those patients don't need any more treatment when it works. So it's about, you know, That's... twice as effective as a bone marrow transplant with much less toxic side effects. So That's unbelievable. Really incredible. Say those numbers again. I mean, I'm writing them down, but that is incredible. 88? Say yeah, that so again. These, these kids would all be passing away soon. They've run out of options, and it gets them back into remission 88% of the time. Yeah. And then when it works, 60% of those kids are completely done with treatment, and they, they get a long-term remission out of it. Oh, my those gosh. modified T cells that they make in the lab, um, they can kill up to 1,000 tumor cells before they die. Okay. But then when they reproduce the new cells that they make, uh, so it's actually trained your immune system. It keeps some cells in there, uh, what they say, on surveillance. And if your cancer ever starts to grow again, then that army builds up again and attacks your cancer. Wow. <laughs> this is just incredible. This is incredible. Um, yeah, we were very blessed to have it open. The day before I paged them is when the FDA gave them approval to try it on a child. No kidding, man. That's another miracle. Wow. Okay. Um, we have the stars aligned many times. Yes. 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 Wow. I felt like that was the path we were supposed to walk now. And that's why when I was praying, when Emily had a one in a thousand chance, I, 
you know, I prayed to God and said, if, if you save Emily, I'll spend the rest of my life trying to help, uh, you know, more, more children and more, uh, more patients survive and yeah. come up with less toxic treatments. So that's what we've been doing since. Well, you guys are doing a fantastic job, man, making a huge difference. Can I uh, ask you, Carrie, just, I mean, when you think about all these different things, what, what kind of impact just upon your family as a whole has this experience been? What is that like for you? I think that it, for us, it's definitely brought us closer together. Okay. Um, we spend a lot of time together whenever we're traveling. Um, you know, it's, it's given Emily, she, she had to grow up pretty quickly, um, but it's given her an education and opportunities that she wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, yeah. you know, I think she's just kind of wiser. She's very, um, you know, she knows a lot more about this than I think a lot of adults do. Yeah. Um, but for us, we just, um, you know, it's just really enjoyable to travel as a family and be able to spread a hopeful story that, yeah. you know, gives people um, hope, mm-hmm. uh, especially when they're struggling with not just cancer, but with another type of disease. So, um, you know, as Tom said, we are very blessed that this is something that we get to do together as a family. Yeah, very good. And we really have experienced some things, amazing things in our lives that would have never happened if Emily didn't pioneer the treatment. And for instance, one of them was uh, last year, Steven Spielberg heard Emily wants to be a filmmaker and he invited <laughs> her on set wow. uh, to watch him direct for a day uh, as he was making the remake of West Side Story. Um, but we have lots of those types of stories, just these amazing things that we've got to do as a family that brought us closer together and made memories ever since, you know, we got past the painful parts. Right. Man, that's that's amazing to hear. I mean, you do. I hear about families when they go through such a hard situation with a child that sometimes that is the very thing that drives them apart. And those marriages, um, you know, can't can't always survive something so, so big and so, so hard. Um, what what advice would you give today just to some family? Maybe they just, you know, somebody sent them this link because you're talking about this amazing combination of faith and science and a miracle. Um, what advice would you give somebody that's listening today that's like, man, that's pretty similar to my situation? Well, we had a great nurse that talked to us from the very beginning, and she came in the room and said, you know, I'm tired of seeing uh, marriages break up because their kid has cancer and that usually doesn't have a good outcome because the child starts missing treatment. So you two are going to remember to date through this. (laughs) And uh, we're still very close with her today. And we were very thankful that she gave us that advice in the beginning. And we just tell people you got to stay positive and you got to stick together to have a good outcome. And, um, you know, I, I, I said to Emily and Carrie that almost every day we were in the hospital, you could find somebody in a worse situation than us. And, there was a lot of times uh, there was some children fighting cancer at the hospital alone. Mm. So that was heartbreaking oh, yeah. uh, when they don't even have a parent there. Um, but we were just thankful for what we had and chose to, to strengthen our marriage through it. And instead of, you know, we would still have times when we didn't agree on everything and we didn't have anybody else to vent to. So we'd vent to each other and then move on and just remember that uh, family's most important. Yeah, that's good. So that's what we tell people now, no matter how much stress you're going through, you can get through it. Yeah. I mean, the doctors told us afterward they've never seen a child have go through so much pain mm. and suffering and survive. So, um, you know, they all thought Emily couldn't survive, and then now when they see her, they still get teared up. 
I bet. Hey, that's why we still go to work every day. Uh, you just got to never give up. Yeah, man, that's good. Carrie, um, any advice that uh, you would add on to that? Yeah, so um, what helped me get through that time was, um, you know, I mentioned that I work in research, was just asking questions uh, of every doctor and every nurse that came into the room. So I always give advice to patients, anybody who's uh, dealing with some type of disease, to, you know, not be afraid to advocate for yourself or don't, as a caregiver, uh, don't be afraid to advocate for that person that you're taking care of. Um, You know, the doctors have to take care of many patients, but you know yourself and uh, the person you're taking care of the most. So just don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you don't know where to start, just, you know, ask somebody to help you. Um, it's really hard when you're dealing with something, you know, to also have to do research. It was just, uh, you know, I was lucky because I work in that field, so I understood where to get that information. But I know for other people, yeah. um, you know, it can be a little bit more difficult. So I just tell people that you really have to advocate for yourself and, you know, don't be afraid to question um and to see if there are better options out there because you never know yeah oh that's good okay and tom you said earlier um you tried to get one smile a day from emily at least once every day is that right yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, that's correct what i just thought from the beginning she had to believe yeah she would get better so i did pick her up and say you know, only the strongest children are picked to fight cancer, and you're going to be a hero. Mm. And the other thing we're going to do every day is try to smile. So I would do, and then I describe it in the book, but all kind of crazy things. <laughs> uh, at one point, um, the Penn State cheerleaders were at the hospital, and they uh. gave us some pom-poms. So I come out of the bathroom uh, and pretended I was a cheerleader and did a <laughs> cheer for Emily until she would smile. Or just anything crazy. And, you know, when you're wow. in a hospital, you don't have a lot of options there. So, um, you know, there was some bathroom humor involved as well. <laughs> anything anything that we could do to get a little smile once a day. Oh, man. We had many pictures of those smiles. So she knew, you know, at some point I was going to do something uh, crazy that day to try to get a smile out of her. Okay. All right. Well, we will uh, wrap up here. Just uh, let me ask you this, uh, Tom or Carrie, just any last things about the, about the book and what, um, what people can expect um, as they're reading it. I mean, obviously they're getting a taste of some of the journey that you've been through and some of the ways that you've managed to make it through and then to, for all three of you to make a huge difference in the world. But any uh, just last words about the book, Praying for Emily? Yeah, we have a website up that's prayingforemily.com. They can find the book that our, you know, our goal was to inspire people and let them know, you know, we're just from a small town and we stuck together and, uh, you know, we, we changed the world. We created yeah. a miracle, happened for us, and we're very blessed. And uh, now we're paying it forward and helping many others. Um, we just want everybody to know that, you know, you can go through your toughest of times and it can strengthen you and you can come out of it a better person. And, uh, you know, and now Emily, is, we just feel blessed every day to still be her parents. And yeah. um, we're trying to do everything we can to make a difference. But we, we were hoping, you know, it took us years to put this book together. And we're hoping it inspires people. And then we hope that they'll pass it on yeah. to somebody else who's going through a tough time in life. Um, you know, I had I had somebody stop in the office here yesterday. And he said, Tom, it's the first book I've ever read in my life. And this man is retired. Mm. And he said, I couldn't put it down. And yeah. he said, I just want to thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. Incredible. We just yeah. hope it inspires people and that they pass it on to somebody else. 
Yeah, for sure. And Carrie, just any thoughts yeah, uh, you I want to add about? Yeah, go a, ahead. A similar thing. We just hope um, you know that, that people can find hope after reading this book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if they're going through a tough time. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you both, um, and thank Emily. Uh, thank you for inspiring us today, not only today, but just again, the, the global impact that, um, Tom Carey and Emily Whitehead are making and being willing to pioneer this, um, is incredible medical history and then to advocate and spread the word of this, uh, less toxic treatment that can really, um, man, I'm just still blown away by those numbers, 88%. And then sixty uh, percent uh, into remission is just incredible. So, uh, just thank you guys for what you're doing, and appreciate y'all taking the time. And uh, we're going to try to spread the word about this as well, and about this great new book, "Praying for Emily: The Faith, Science, and Miracles That Saved Our Daughter." Tom Carey and Emily Whitehead. Tom and Carey, thank you guys so much. Thank you. It was an honor to be on your show. We really appreciate the awareness. Man, we, to you. yeah, great talking with you guys. Really appreciate it. Stay on real quick, if you don't mind, while I just uh, sign off. I just want to thank you off air real quick. If you got a quick minute, can you hang in there? Okay. okay all right. Yep. I just want to sign off. Uh, for, we're still on Facebook Live. I'll sign off with you guys. But for our podcast, um, thank you for tuning in and hearing these incredible difference makers, Tom and Carrie Whitehead. Praying for Emily again, the book, The Faith, Science, and Miracles That Saved Our Daughter. Um, I, I'm really excited to read. Usually I get to read these beforehand, but I'm really excited to, to hear more about this story. So I want to remind you just that, man, God is, God is good. Even when your situation may look dark, may look bad. I love that faith that God whispered into Tom's ear and, and that vision that God gave him. And maybe today God is wanting to whisper something to you. That's my prayer. Maybe you need hope. Maybe it's a completely unrelated situation, but God wants to whisper something to you. Maybe there's some research that you're supposed to do today, just as Carrie did. Uh, maybe God is just leading you that way. Um, but I want to encourage you that God is, he's in it. He's in it. So don't give up. He wants to bring hope and he wants to bring victory and he wants to bring peace to you right today, whatever you're going through. So we are called Very Bold Ministries and Very Bold Radio and Podcast because of what Paul wrote, just thinking about that hope and thinking about what God um, has done through all of these different elements um, and bringing this great story um, to life and spreading it around the world. And when Paul thinks about that great hope, and when I think about that great hope, what Paul says is this, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.